0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Sheehan's World. I'm your host, Sheehan, per usual, as always. This week, I have a very special guest stepping into my world. He is the new supreme leader of For the Fans Media, the company that I have brought Sheehan's World to. He is a very, very, similar on a similar path i guess you could say to morgan freeman with the type of voice this man has <laughs> it is an awesomely soothing deep voice so you'll hear it throughout this show but i am happy to introduce mark Paselli to my world mark how are you doing tonight
1: she and it is an absolute pleasure to be joining you here on your wonderful podcast here on ftf media
0: I'm so happy that you're joining my wonderful podcast here on FTF Media. We're going to get into it. We're going to have some great conversation. Um, You know, just to start, though, as I always started out, I want to know where you're from. And, you know, Mark, what are you currently doing in life?
1: Sure. So I am originally from Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, It's for anyone who's not from Massachusetts, actually one of like the biggest towns in the entire country. Uh, it's if it were a city, it actually would be like the one of the smallest, if not the smallest, in the entire country. So, I think we'll stick with town. Uh, but I uh, yeah, <laughs> spent uh, had a, several great years in Framingham growing up. Um, I went away to school. I decided that it was best for me to get out of state. Uh, you know, uh, you know, get some responsibility away from home. So I actually went to school. And lived, uh, you know, all four years in New Jersey. You know, didn't go home really much during the summers. You know, lived there uh, year round. Uh, so I went to Seton Hall over in uh, in South Orange, New Jersey, not far from Newark. Uh, so Big East school, uh, Seton mm-hmm. Hall Pirates were pretty much known for only basketball. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, I had uh, four great years over in Jersey uh, before coming uh, back home. Uh, moved back home and uh, went to grad school uh, and until I moved out of the house. So, uh, these days I'm living in Marlborough, Massachusetts. So about 10, 15 minutes from Framingham. So, you know, still fairly close to the mothership, but, uh, you know, in uh, enjoying myself and, uh, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting, uh, you know, I, I got it. I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old now, so it's, uh, it's not like I'm uh, you know, fresh out of school, it's been about eight years since I uh, I got out of grad school, but the time has kind of gone by really quickly.
0: So, in that time, what have you been doing? What do you What are you currently doing right now? Like, what are you What are you up to in life? It's been kind of a
1: crazy, twisty, turny type of journey for me. I actually did write an article on for the about kind of my personal and professional journey over these last, uh, really 10 years. I kind of started back when I was still in my, uh, my final year of undergrad, just because it was, it was kind of a, uh, a weird journey for me. I went through some, uh, you know, some, some personal, uh, some personal issues, felt like I was kind of lost in life, kind of not fulfilled and, I wanted to be able to share with people, like, you know, if you're ever feeling like you're in kind of a dead end job, uh, you're just not feeling fulfilled, uh, personally, uh, you don't have necessarily the highest opinion of yourself that a lot of that can be corrected. Uh, and like mm-hmm. you can, you can kind of pull yourself out of that, uh, your, your feelings and your struggles are valid. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, like if you feel them, they are, they're real, but yep. you, you you can pull yourself out of it, um, and so my long-winded way of answering your question is that uh, you know, you know, eight eight nine years after getting out of uh, out of school, I'm currently working in healthcare. Uh, I've been working for almost a year and a half at a really awesome uh, healthcare, um, essentially uh, an IT uh, support company, uh, mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of hospitals and health systems, uh, and it feels really, really good to be doing something every day that I feel like I'm actually making a difference. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm not treating patients by any means, but mm-hmm. my company is putting systems and, uh, and, you know, point of care, uh, support tools in the hands of these different hospitals and health systems that are helping them treat patients, uh, deliver better outcomes at a time when healthcare is very important right now, very top of mind. So yeah. uh, I, I got into this company really only about six months before the pandemic. So uh, my experience in this industry is pretty much only at what can be categorized as the worst of times. So it's, (laughs) despite that, it's been a really, really rewarding experience. But the years prior to that, I was actually working uh, in a lot of startup companies. Uh, So I I spent six years at a really cool startup uh, called Idea Paint and What they did is they essentially, they were the inventors of dry erase paint. Uh, You could literally, instead of having like a a clunky uh, kind of ghosted, dirty looking whiteboard in your your office, your home, your school, uh, you could literally paint the walls with this stuff and it would turn it into like a dry erase surface. It was- That's so cool. Yeah, it was a (laughs) really cool product. The company was really young. I got in at a great time. I was able to kind of advance uh, through, uh, you know, through in a sales role into somewhat of like a middle middle management role, kind of like a peer management uh, type of role. Uh-huh. And eventually the company just kind of stopped growing. And I, I was kind of lying to myself, like maybe it'll get better. I was also kind of lazy because I knew I was good at it. And even though I wasn't happy anymore, like there was no path for progression for myself. I just, well, you know, what? I can make money here. I'm not necessarily happy here, but I'm good at it. And I was kind of fine, not challenging myself to a point. It finally got to a point where I kind of referenced earlier, I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't uh, you know, fulfilling my potential as a person. I feel like I'm very good with people. I enjoy coaching and mentoring, and I wasn't getting to do that anymore. And I had just gotten complacent, and I decided to stop making excuses. I decided to leave that organization for another startup. Uh, and ironically enough, I only spent about six weeks at that company before landing in my current role where I've been for almost a year and a half. That other company it didn't necessarily like something just seemed off when I, when I got there Mm -hmm. and they just, they were growing really fast, but seemed like they didn't have any, it was very chaotic. Like they didn't seem very organized. And I also just something struck me that they, they felt like they were invincible. like they had no real competition uh, that uh, they were the only game in town. And ironically enough, their business model revolved around, uh, offices being open and people being in offices, people not wor- really working from home. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, essentially having means for offices to, uh, to, you know, find different restaurants to provide, uh, for their, for their meetings, uh, and, and their, their business lunches, et cetera. Uh, so partnering restaurants with these companies. Mm-hmm. And when, when I, I left uh, again about, you know, Five six months before the pandemic hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once the pandemic hit, that company laid off more than half its employees. Uh, no. I, I would have been one of them. So I felt really fortunate that I I stuck with my gut in that moment. Something just didn't seem right. I'm not going to say that I predicted a pandemic would happen, by any <laughs> uh, but something just felt off to me about that company. And I transitioned uh, into this organization, transitioned into healthcare, and. Uh, I could not be happier where I am right now. I feel uh, fulfilled professionally. Uh, I no longer feel lost personally. And uh, even though I've been working from home for 11 months now, uh, uh, and you know we're all kind of cooped up, we can't really go anywhere, uh, I feel, I feel in a, like I'm in a really good place in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of that has to do with where we are right now with FTF Media, uh, something that I've been involved with for a little over a year. And it's started off as just kind of a a cool hobby that I, I could, uh, you know, do a podcast here or there, and then it's grown to uh, a ton more.
0: So I want to ask you, you know, listening to you talk and explain how at one point, you know, you were uh, feeling down, uh, you weren't really up on yourself, everything like that. You also explained how you really like coaching people. You really want to help people and you, you know, want to be a part of something. How does all of that stuff that you were able to learn, you know, in your professional career so far translate to FTF, uh, mentioning FTF?
1: I think it translates because as someone who has both been in charge uh, of people, at one point, um, you know, hiring people, uh, managing people. Uh, again, this was a small company. So for someone who was only in his mid to late twenties, uh, I was able to do that uh, in a, in a short time. It was pretty cool before that company stopped growing, but also being on the other side of that and being someone who has had managers, both good and also both very bad. Uh, I've had some very bad bosses uh, in, uh, <laughs> in my time. I, I know what people respond to. Um, I also, while I was uh, pursuing my master's, I did some, some actual coaching, like sports coaching. I coached JV baseball and uh, varsity soccer um, for uh, my alma mater. Uh, I was the assistant coach on the, for varsity soccer, but I coached the JV baseball team. Uh, so I got ex- hands-on experience working with people younger than me, uh, people with different skill sets, and realizing like there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to coaching uh, and uh I I carried that into my professional career uh knowing that uh, you know if you have you know a handful of people reporting to you some people you have to uh you know you need to, need to be a little bit easier with they don't uh, you know take well to to criticism even if it's constructive criticism mm-hmm. other people you know that you can be a little bit tougher with uh because that's what they respond to you know they they respond well to being challenged uh so there it's different for, for everyone. And I think being a good judge of people and getting to know people, you need to be able to care for people personally and also professionally to, uh, to be an effective leader. Mm-hmm. And as you know, we got going with FTF uh, again, this is, you know, this is something that uh, all of us are doing outside of work or school. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're, we're hoping to grow, but at this time it's not anyone's uh, profession. It's not anyone's source of income, but I, in a short time, went from being someone who is just, uh, you know, appearing on podcasts to uh, being asked by our former, uh, our former um, owner, Brian, to help him put together a website. Uh, and then, you know, since then, I've been running our website, uh, helping him with, uh, you know, recruiting talent, putting together a drop schedule, uh, you know, Haley and I uh, were asked to do that together uh, and we were working together ever since. And now in the midst of our transition, we're going to be co-running FTF mm-hmm. media. And I couldn't be more grateful to be doing that with Haley. Cause uh, we, we understand each other. Uh, we work really well together. And I think that we both understand how to connect with people and how to uh, you know provide effective leadership for people, and it all connects back to being able to be transparent with them. Uh, you know, actually showing concern for them. Uh, you know, identifying and fulfilling their needs. Uh, you know, it 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 is not just setting uh, a structure, rules, and expectations, and saying, okay, if you want to be part of this uh, organization, this family. Everyone get uh, under the umbrella and do as we say, and has everything to do with developing a culture and an environment that people want to be a part of and something that they can thrive in and be productive in and want to be a part of. Right. Uh, so it's, uh, it has everything to do with understanding people. And even though you have expectations, you have structure, uh, finding ways for people to be the best of themselves in that structure.
0: So I got to ask you when we had our conversation um you know most recently on the phone we were talking about what we were both envisioning for the future for FTF and we were both also saying what we both thought FTF was when we were talking I noticed a lot of stuff that you were saying you know the FTF is a is a home for place for anyone to be if you want to try something this is the place to be if you you know, weren't given a ch- chance somewhere else, this is the place where you will get your chance. What is FTF to you, in your opinion? What, do you, what kind of company is it? And also, what are your future plans for the company? Where do you see this thing going? So I think that the,
1: the vision that Haley and I have uh, for FTF is to make it a place where people can, can be themselves and express themselves and put out great content while having fun. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it it's funny how simple it can seem when, when you, when you put it in those uh, in that perspective, in those terms, we want people to talk about stuff that interests them. We want Mm -hmm. them to write about stuff that interests them. Uh, We don't want them to feel like they need to like hit on some formula. You know, I've, i I put together an article uh, on the website towards the end of last year. Uh, that was just a summary of our ten highest viewed blogs uh, over the course of. Uh, we started the website uh, in mid-May, so it it hasn't been active for a full year yet. But for from mid from the inception of the website in mid-May to the end of 2020, uh, I you know I put together um, you know based on page views and uh, and you know number of clicks our most popular blogs. And one of them was Carly, who hosts uh, co-hosts Fierce and Flawed, uh, formerly mm-hmm. uh, Girls Pod, uh, with Haley. Uh, she wrote prior to the twenty twenty election about her upbringing as an uh, evangelical Christian and how she has, uh, you know, altered and uh, you know, kind of completely changed her point of view and her uh, belief and value system uh, since she, uh, since, she was, uh, since she was younger. since she was younger. Uh, That was extremely popular. People thought, you know, related to that because it, uh, even if you didn't come from the same upbringing, you understand as you get older, your point of view changes, uh, your perspective changes. Um, We had Haley write about her diagnosis as a diabetic, uh, which was super relatable to people because uh, even if people don't necessarily have diabetes, although there are a lot of diabetics out there. Uh, There are people who went through a similar experience as she did where she was misdiagnosed. She was kind of let down by the people she entrusted to, uh, you know, advise her on her, uh, on her health. And she has prospered ever since Uh, she's doing great. Now Uh, she just got her, her uh, insulin pump for herself. She feels great. Uh, We had Christian writing an original story. She has been a short story writer for years and has just, never wanted to share those stories with the world. And I said to her, uh, I'm not going to take credit for uh, she like she uh, volunteered to share uh, uh, the stories with us. But I, I told her, hey, listen, we I, I will absolutely publish this on the website. Uh, like, I, I think it's awesome. If you want to put it out there, I want to share it with people. So those are just some examples. Things that are somewhat outside the box are actually the things that people relate to more than anything else. Uh, it's what got the most clicks. Uh, mm-hmm. Gabby, Gabby has far and away the most viewed, uh, post in FTF media uh, website history it has thousands on thousands of clicks. And it was uh, a story about, uh, unfortunately a murder of a, of a young kid in, in the state of Florida. But, uh, she, for some reason, uh, her article on this topic, Uh, at one point it had us as like the number two or number three search result on Google. If you were to Google this, uh, young man's name Uh, and thousands of people were were reading this article that she wrote. So it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, okay, give me your, uh, your, you know, expectations for the Celtics this season, uh, like in a, in a blog, like our, with a few exceptions, our sports blogs are probably the least viewed. Um, because yeah, I mean, uh, you can get creative with it. You know, I, I actually did write a blog on the Tuka Rask situation when he opted out of the, uh, NHL bubble that mm-hmm. was, uh, that got a decent amount of views, uh, but that wasn't necessarily sports. That was, uh, treating athletes like people as opposed to just commodities, uh, and, you know, pawns for your entertainment. Uh, so that people resonated with that. They wanted to, to read about it. Uh, but Uh, We just find that while we can talk about, I mean, we have a basketball podcast, we have baseball, football, hockey podcasts, you know, we talk about sports here on FTF Mm -hmm. um, and people write about sports, but we never want people to feel like they're pigeonholed into talking about just conventional topics Yeah, uh, because the stuff that people are passionate about that they think others might not be are actually super uh, like super relatable uh, you know christian on, on on nerdpod yeah we talk about a lot of mainstream nerdy media we talk about marvel we you know we recap wandavision uh you know we talk about uh, you know a lot of regular entertainment stuff but you know christian is a huge fan of anime and she did a mini series on nerdpod about anime they got thousands of listens again like <laughs> like you never know who is actually interested in the same things as you and so again, my long-winded way of saying uh, we want to create an environment where people feel comfortable talking about things that might not necessarily be conventional, yeah. um, you know, talk, talk about things that they find interesting because other people are going to find it interesting too. Uh, we can be formulaic and we can just be like, okay, we got to talk about uh, Tom Brady deciding to leave New England after 20 years and, uh, and everyone give their thoughts on it. But, you know, we find that oftentimes you know, someone talking about uh, their, uh, you know, something that they've uh, written ten years ago, like in Christian's case, and never decided to share with the world. That actually got more views. Uh, so it's just it's creating an environment where people want to, uh, to express themselves and uh, and and do so in a way that's constructive. Uh, you know, we have a an environment, especially since our transition, that is very inclusive. Um, we want people to share their ideas with us, uh, to feel like their voice matters. And we, we really enjoy that. Uh, we, we like what we're building. Uh, we know that there's an audience for it. And that's more than anything else. If, if no one was listening, I still think it wouldn't matter because at least we're, we're being true to, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, you know, we're talking about th- the things that we genuinely, genuinely want to talk to. We're not saying, okay, let's do something for clickbait uh, is, uh, like, is Tom Brady on steroids, uh, to <laughs> pod and find out, like, w- we're not just doing, uh, you know, talk radio style headlines. We're, you know, we're putting out shows like yours or Corey's that are, you're bringing on regular people and talking about their lives. Like people relate to stuff like that. So, uh, that, you know, that's what we're trying to build.
0: Yeah. I think the, To encapsulate all that, I think what FTF really is, it's just something that is a breath of fresh air, honestly. You know, in an area like New England, a lot of people are looking for sports. But FTF media isn't just sports. It's more than just sports. So I think that's what makes it so cool because, as you said, like you can come on this website and look something up and it's going to interest you. It's not just, you know, one genre or uh, one topic. It's going to be many different things. So I think like that is really the cool thing at FTF Media, and I think that um what you have envisioned for it is is something great because, you know, I I think a lot of people are going to find interest in what this lineup of people have to say, this roster of people.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and. We, we definitely have plans to try and expand our reach even further. Cause I mean, right now, yeah, we do have the website. Uh, we do have at, at this point, 10 active podcasts. Uh, we might look to add some more shows, but again, the world that we're living in right now is different than it was a year ago. So yeah. not everyone's commuting to work every day. So a lot of people are staying at home. Are they listening to podcasts at home? Some of them are, but you know, not everybody. People are consuming content different ways. So we yep. want to see if we can pivot into video uh, and do some more stuff on YouTube, uh, do some stuff on Twitch. Gabby's done a couple of uh, live episodes of True Crime and Chill on Twitch. Uh, we want to see if we can uh, you know, do more in that, uh, in that regard. Uh, you know, uh, we have Haley's mom, who's actually done a couple of video baking blogs for our website, uh, where if anyone hasn't checked them out, uh, you know, you, if you have a pet at home, uh, Haley's mom actually sh- shows everyone how to make uh, really awesome dog biscuits uh, for them. You know, if you <laughs> don't want to buy generic stuff at the store. So we're, we're, we're f- thinking of different ways and we're going to keep listening to people's ideas. Uh, different ways to connect with our audience and find a new audience too. Uh, You know, there's always people who are going to relate to the different forms of media that are out there right now. So we, that's our, probably our biggest vision is to just keep evolving. Uh, If there's something that we can pivot to, we want to pivot to it. Uh, You know, we want to put out content that people enjoy. Uh, And again, what I've learned over this last year, especially in talking to people on Twitter, I mean, I'm very active on Twitter. That's how I, found FTF in the first place, what was originally called Holmes Media. Uh, But talking to the people who are outside of our group, who listen to our stuff, like it, it really is refreshing to know that like, we're actually putting, like none of us are professional content producers. You know, some of us are students, some of us are working professionals. Uh, And at the end of the day, we're, we're, you know, we're still creative people. We're putting out, uh, putting together stuff that people actually want to listen to, people want to watch, people want to read. So that is, that's what what excites me. Uh, It's a hobby right now and it's a hobby for all of us, but it's something that could become bigger. And even if it doesn't, it's something that we all enjoy doing. Uh, I think that's the best way to sum it up is just, you know, we have a group of about, you know, 18 to 20 people right now who are uh, all putting together you know, uh, some people are on maybe one show. Some people are on f- like four or five shows. Some people uh, uh, are, are writing blogs. Uh, some people could um, do a lot of video stuff in the future, but everyone plays their part. And it's kind of like a, a little family.
0: It is. It is kind of like a little family. It's nice, honestly, um, being part of a team. And I was happy, you know, you know to join FTF Media because I wanted to be a part of that team-like feeling again. Um, back in the past, when I was part of a different company, uh, that's what I liked about it so much, and that's what made it so enjoyable and so fun. It was just a, you know, a tight, close-knit group of people who all have the same goal in mind, who all, you know, just want to have a good time and put out good content, and with that content, make people happy. So um, definitely. FTF Media, I think, is uh, something for everyone to listen to. And if you are listening to this right now, I would have to suggest checking out other shows that um, we have going on. But Mark, I want to transition a little bit away from talking about FTF Media and talking about the struggle of my favorite team and one of your favorite teams, the Boston Celtics. Um, I just really want to get into it here because I, I, it, it's getting, it's getting a, a little bit ridiculous. And seeing what Danny Inge said the other day, saying how this team is not a championship contender, and now that he realizes it, um, it's really annoying to see him say that. Um, I just got to ask you, what are your thoughts on their recent struggles? So maybe it's because
1: I'm getting older and I'm getting more calm in, uh, in my old age. <laughs> uh, but despite the fact that the Celtics, I mean, yeah, as currently constituted, as we record this episode, I know that they play tonight, but as we're recording, they sit at 14 and 14, uh, 500. Considering the fact that they were a conference final team, not even a year ago, like the, the way uh, between the bubble playoffs and, and the, 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 this season starting so quickly, it was just months ago, four or five months ago, that they were in the conference finals. Yeah, Uh, they have a lot of talent on their roster. So uh, to sit at 500 is definitely a disappointment. But I also can't be too upset. Like I in, uh, you know, when I was younger, I would be very aggravated. Uh, Like uh, any loss would aggravate me and ruin my mood for days. Uh, And playoff losses still do. Don't get me wrong. But I just I, I find it hard to be too upset considering what these players are going through right now—they're in a condensed yeah. season. Uh, they, I mean, Jason Tatum, legitimately—he uh, contracted COVID nineteen. He has been on record of saying, since returning uh, from you know, quarantine and uh, and testing negative, that he's struggling to br- uh, with his breathing, uh, like like he's getting a little bit gassed on the court. Like, it's something that people really like to ignore and he's not the only athlete to talk about this, you know, Von Miller, who's been uh, an exceptional NFL pass rusher for a long time, great athlete Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, a pitcher for the Red Sox uh, Tatum, uh, several others. I mean, you have some of the most like peak physical condition people on the planet uh, playing professional sports saying that uh, COVID-19, even though they've recovered from it, it wiped them out. Mm -hmm. So it's, and uh, Tatum's not the only player to test positive uh, in the NBA. Other players had Jimmy Butler's another notable uh, player to test positive. Uh, but, you know, you have players who are not healthy. The Celtics in general, uh, whether it's COVID-related or just regular injuries, have I, I think they've maybe fielded – I don't think they fielded their completely healthy roster once all year. Uh,
0: they – there might have been one time. I think there was one or two times where they had their core four together. And then, other than that, they haven't had like a full roster. So yeah, I think you're right. I think there might have been maybe one time where that happened, but other than that, not much.
1: Yeah. So I mean, uh, between uh, Tatum missing time uh, due to uh, due to COVID, Jalen Brown missed a couple games. He's still dealing with uh, knee tendinitis. Uh, Kemba Walker's knee in, uh, injury and knee problems in general uh, over the last year have been well documented. Uh, and Marcus Smart missing time uh, due to what has to be several, uh, injuries, but he does legitimately have like a torn calf. Uh, but I mean, that, that man plays through anything. I run through a brick wall for Marcus smart, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> uh, in, but the bottom line is that the Celtics, yes, they're, they're struggling. And, uh, because a, they are constantly uh, dealing with, uh, uh, multiple absences. They're playing back to backs. Like it, it's, it's tough when you have a, a, a pretty decent win against uh, a Nuggets team uh, a few nights ago. And then you play a back-to-back against the Hawks uh, who are they a good basketball team? No, but they have uh, a lot of great shooting. Uh, yep. they, they, uh, they're they a good young offensive team uh, and you're already undermanned playing a back-to-back. It's tough. Like it, it's tough in the current environment. And it's tough for a lot of teams. Milwaukee's lost five in a row. Uh, it's so it's very difficult right now. So I, yes, the team is, is frustrating to watch at times. Uh, yes, they're definitely underachieving, but I also, I'd be more frustrated if they, if the, the circumstances were normal. Uh, you yeah, mean we, we, we went through a Celtic season two, just two years ago where circumstances were normal. The t, uh, the talent was there and the team was losing games that they, that they should have won. Uh, you know, the left and right, uh, very tough were, to
0: watch that. Year. Yeah,
1: <laughs> very tough to watch. And we know now that there was a lot of chemistry issues that caused that, but that was more frustrating than what I'm watching right now, because I know that there's a legitimate reason why this team and others are struggling. Uh, and am I saying like, okay, like they're going to get it together for sure. No, I can't say that either because you can't guarantee that this group is going to magically all get healthy uh, by playoff time. Like, you, yeah. you can't guarantee that it's, it's not a certainty. So it very well could be something that lingers all year long. Uh, it's not going to get to the point where they don't make, make the playoffs. I mean, it's the Eastern conference. They'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, they're still, I think the fourth seed in the Eastern conference, despite all their, um, you know, th- their ups and downs. So they will be a playoff team. Are, are they going to be able to flip a switch in the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's very possible that just uh, it, goes down as kind of a wasted year, but it's just, I have, especially since this pandemic has started, I just, I, I prioritize the health and the safety of these athletes uh, more so than results. Like I uh, I was unbelievably frustrated during the NFL season to see the NFL do everything that it possibly could to make sure that no games were canceled at the risk of health and safety. I mean, the Patriots had to fly to Kansas city, for a week three game in two different planes uh, week four uh, in two different planes, because half of the people on one, on one, on one of the other planes uh, were probably uh, going to test positive for COVID-19 they were forced to fly in on the morning of a game without a quarterback, uh, unless you consider Brian Hoyer, a quarterback, uh, (laughs) because the NFL didn't want to cancel that game. Like it, it, like it was a farce. Uh, and the NBA is, uh, you know, they are postponing games, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like moving the vegetables around on the plate right now. Uh, and it, it just, it's, I have a hard time being too hard on any of these players because I, it just, they don't, they could wake up a morning and not know if they're actually going to play that evening. Like right yeah. now it's right. crazy. And they are having to, you know, reschedule and play, you know, three games and four nights uh, when and, you know, traveling from city to city. It's, it's tough. So it's they're struggling for sure. Uh, and I on one hand, it is frustrating because, uh, you know, Jalen Brown has taken his game to another level. Uh, yeah. this season. Uh, he's a legitimate all star how he's not starting in the all-star game is uh, frustrating to me. <laughs> Very crazy.
0: Very <laughs> crazy. How he's
1: not starting. Yeah. Um, and obviously Jason Tatum, we saw what he's doing this season last year. I mean, he, he, you know, became an all NBA player last year. So uh, you know, what he's doing is not surprising either. You have two guys averaging 26 points per game and the team is 500. That's frustrating. But I also, again, I just, I, I can't be too, disappointed in them because although what Danny Ainge said is true as currently co- constituted, they are not a championship contender. There's just so many other factors that are holding them back. Uh, if all those factors weren't holding them back, would they, would I say right now on uh, February 19th, that they were uh, uh, a favorite to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy? No. Uh, you know. They, they, but based uh, on the fact that this is the same core that just went to the conference finals, I do believe that they are a team that would be in the mix, uh, be uh, you know a, a team that would uh, very much be a favorite to to make the you know the NBA's version of the Final Four. So, uh, I everything has been long winded from me on this uh, this episode tonight, but again, that's my long winded way of saying, yeah, uh, what is going on with the Celtics is definitely frustrating, but I also can't be I can't be too disappointed in them.
0: Yeah, I can agree with you. You know, there's a lot of circumstances that have come into play this season as to why the Celtics are struggling right now. And it is honestly unreal how bad they are playing and how they are still in, like, fourth place. Um, They're, like, a game out of, like, first place. They're also a game out of 10th place. Um, that is the East this season, considering how everything is gone. But I, I have to argue a little bit, you know – I understand everything going on. I really do. It just really kills me when Danny Ainge says stuff like that, when he had the ability to, you know, change that, when he had the, the ability to build around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown better for this season. And it sucks right now. I, I feel bad for Jason Tatum because he's the one that has to carry this load with Jalen Brown after being, after having COVID and now having these breathing issues. And now, you know, you can't really like rust them now because you need them out there. So this is where like fans are getting upset is the fact that Danny Ainge, he hasn't, you know, taken those extra steps needed to ensure that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are really going to want to be here. I know this is the start of their, both of their, you know, extensions, but is You know, something that happened this season going to force them not to want to be here in like five years down the road, if you can understand what I'm saying with that, you know? So with everything going on, again, I understand the circumstances, but I believe Danny Ainge had options available to him to build this team better. You know, like a guy like Jeff Teague, like why the hell are we employing Jeff Teague? I mean, it's just a waste of space at this point. It's a waste of money and a waste, a waste of playing minutes. Um, I, I don't think he deserves any playing minutes anymore. I just think he's absolutely horrible. There were better guys out there than Jeff Teague. I mean, the big position, the big position hasn't been horrible, but it also hasn't been consistent. And that's something that we've been asking for for years. And, you know, he had the ability to improve that a little bit. Obviously, he can't go after every player, but there are players out there that Celtics fans know that he can't go after and he doesn't. So it's just really tough to see, Um, you know, with a season like this, Danny Ainge could have, like, that third guy that could help carry this load. I'm not saying it has to be what the Brooklyn Nets have and have, like, a big three, but having at least another scoring threat off the bench or at least having another guy – Uh, that could start with the team that's a a wing that could help carry that load, a score. Cause now with Jason Tatum, now it's getting difficult with his breathing. Um, And with Jalen Brown now it's starting to freak me out with the tendonitis in his left knee, because now we don't know how that's going to, how that's going to go. So, I mean, if, if I'm Danny Ainge, um, I'm trying to make moves at this trade deadline we all know that he hates making moves during the season. God knows why. But he, he's he got to do something because at this point, um, one championship and all the time he's been here with all the assets, everything he's had, um, it, it's, it's getting a little old. And again, he has Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown here for years. But who's to say they aren't going to look back at this, you know, in a few years and be like, oh, you didn't supply us with the guys we needed. Why the hell would we stay? And this is actually Pierce, you know, Paul Pierce almost left. He had to force his hand on Danny Ainge and say, hey, you got to give me someone else or I'm getting the hell out of here." So, you know, it it's not like Danny Ainge has done this in the past where hasn't done this in the past where um, he hasn't supplied the the guys. Um, needed because he hasn't, but like Paul Pierce almost left. So, Danny Ainge, he's he's he needs to get pushed a little bit, he needs to have his hand forced a little bit in order for him to have moves made. So, at this point, like if moves are going to get made, I would assume Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown have to voice that.
1: No, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, this is the player empowerment era right now. I mean, we're, we're seeing it more now than ever. I mean, you know, James Harden did everything in his power to f- force the Rockets to to trade him away and to trade him where he wanted to go. Yeah, uh, it, uh, you know, you players are dictating movement around the league the, uh, right now uh, to the point where that's why I'm confused that Giannis decided to sign his extension in Milwaukee uh, before he had to. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't understand why players uh, are not taking their power more, uh, more seriously. Uh, yeah. and some, some of them are like we just said, James Harden did, uh, you know, he, you know, got a little unhealthy with it by going to uh, strip clubs in the middle of a pandemic. But yeah. uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> the, the bottom line is that he, he wanted out, he was able to use his leverage to force his way out. So if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, listen, their play has dictated that they are the type of players that you build around and, when your players that you build around, you should be able to be in uh, in ownership's ear, in the general manager's ear. So, if there's a way to improve this roster uh, that that they foresee, and Danny Inch can make it happen, yeah, they need to voice it to uh, to him. You know, I've always kind of been of the mindset that Jason Tatum would love to play with Bradley Beal because they. I think
0: are- it needs to happen. <laughs> I, I
1: think it does. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're best. They're the best of friends. They're both from St. Louis. Uh, At the time I figured, well, you know, Jalen Brown would most likely be the centerpiece of a deal like that. Now I don't think you can move Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal because uh, a, he wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a one for one swap. There'd be other pieces going with him. And how much better does that make you now? Uh, You know, it, it was clearly an upgrade before when Jalen Brown was, you know, a fringe, you know, 18 to 20 point per game scorer. but he's added so much to his offensive game that now you need to find a way to get the three of them together. Now, right. Bradley Beal and, and the Jays. Uh, that's not me saying that Bradley Beal going to get dealt. Apparently he, apparently he likes it in Washington. I don't know why.
0: I, uh, I have zero clue as to why he would want to stay there. The, the Here's the thing. He's the like, One guy in the league, he could pull off everything that James Harden did and not get hate for it because people understand. Like, he just – like, people, everyone in the league thinks he should be out of there. And for some reason, he keeps staying. (laughs) Bro.
1: Yeah, it it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, So Ainge does have – you know, he does have a a card up his sleeve. You know, he does have that massive trade exception that he got from the the Hayward sign-and-trade.
0: He needs uh, to do something with it. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, And more importantly, he like, I don't want that used to get PJ Tucker. Like, no. I, 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 like this needs to be used to bring in a player who ideally is, you know, under the age of 30 uh, who is not a rental. I you know I, I want someone who's under contract for at least, a, you know, a, 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 another year or two. Uh, who can provide you scoring off the bench. They you know, they, I, they need a wing. I think they need a wing uh, who can provide scoring off the bench, but also is capable of being a starter. Like, uh, you know, you, you need so because listen, quite frankly, you, you're probably going to be without a starting wing uh, quite a bit, uh, the way that the Celtic season has been going. Yeah. So you have the ability to f- uh, fit salary uh, in, uh, you know, w- with that, uh, with that TPE at this point, Draft picks should be meaningless to you. I know Danny Ainge loves to hoard draft picks, but you should be trading away your next several first round picks. uh, You know, they're most likely going to be in the mid to high twenties anyway, uh, hopefully in the low thirties if things work out. So you should, uh, this is not a point where you can fit more rookies onto this roster. You need to be, uh, you have a young core, you need to infuse it with veterans and, uh, yeah. you have an opportunity because I don't find that there's any teams in the East that are stalwarts for years to come. I don't believe in Philadelphia. I don't uh, either. I, I haven't. People. I've never believed in them. Yeah, and and listen, I'll always appreciate Doc Rivers for what he did in Boston, but uh, I'm not too high on Doc Rivers as a head coach. Uh, you know, with the exception of 2008, uh, the guy has been known for postseason futility. To be honest, I mean, his time with the Clippers. Uh, you know, never getting out of the second round is embarrassing with all the talent that he had over there. So I don't necessarily believe in Milwaukee and I don't believe in the nets because despite how immensely talented that big three and, you know, they also have Joe Harris who can, you know, hit from anywhere on the court. It seems like the guys, in that is the worst defensive basketball team I, I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they, it uh, doesn't matter who you roll out there. Uh, you can put up a buck 15, a buck 20 on them at night. So if one of those guys uh, is either missing or, uh, or just off their game, like the nets can, can be beaten by anybody. Uh, I still, I, if I'm in the E, like, if I'm them, I definitely like my chances in the, in the East, because as I just said, none of these teams uh, are overly impressive to me. So, uh, you know, there's a good chance that you can get through the Eastern conference by just outscoring teams, but uh, you know, there's, there's a flaw there. So that's again, my long winded way of saying, there's an opportunity for the Celtics right now. Uh, I don't think that there's a team in the East that uh, you should feel overly threatened by. So Mm -hmm. if you can find a way to upgrade your roster and use that trade exception and not wait until the off season, where again, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to get someone there, uh, you know, use it now, use it before the deadline and you can upgrade yourself and, at that point, even though you've upgraded your roster, you just got to hope that you, that your guys stay healthy. You got to hope that you have Marcus smart available. You got to hope that, uh, you know, that Kemba Walker, he doesn't even need to be a hundred percent. If he can be 80% uh, in the playoffs and available for playoff games, that's good for them. You know, a a lot of people have really dumped on Kemba and they, uh, they couldn't get him out of town fast enough. I'm not one of those people. I, I, in, uh, in fairness, in all transparency, I was in a Celtics chat with a few of our uh, FTF media people at the time uh, when it was established that Kyrie was leaving. I was clamoring for the Celtics to sign Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I, I yeah, was, he's a good that, player. I, I yeah. really like Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Uh, once we all knew that, uh, that it seemed like Kemba was in the bag, I got excited about that. Um, but, you know, I, I was clamoring for Brogdon. You could argue that Brogdon probably would be a better fit considering what has happened to Kemba uh, and his health since. But I'm not ready to give up on Kemba Walker. I think that when he's healthy, he's still going to help this team. Uh, And, you just again, you got to hope that he's available for the playoffs. But there is just a ton of uncertainty right now between guys, uh, whether or not they're going to be healthy and uh, whether or not they're going to shoot their way out of the funks that they're all collectively in right now.
0: I want to backtrack a little bit to what you said about the Brooklyn Nets. Because the Brooklyn Nets, I've been saying this, the way you're going to beat them if you're the Boston Celtics, you're not going to be able to stop them on defense. You're going to have to just outscore them, of course, because that's what basketball is. Yes, I said that last week on my other podcast, and I probably got bullied for it. I I said last week, Mark, in order to beat the Nets, you have to score more than them. Obviously, that's – This is true. Yes, this is true. Hot take. (laughs) But – um. I'm saying this again. You're going to beat the Nets. You're going to just going to have to outscore them. You're not going to stop them on defense. They are way too talented as an offensive team to stop them on defense, which is why you have to do everything you can if you are Danny Ainge to go out there and get another guy that can score or be another threat because that's how they're going to have to win. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown—they don't have enough around them to take on Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. They're just too much of an offensive juggernaut. They—they they need to get another guy. And once Marcus Smart comes back, you know he might be able to add a good like 16 points per game, and do everything else he does. That's still not going to be enough. They're going to have to get a legitimate scoring threat. And like, I wish it was Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal would be enough in my opinion. But, um, and also I'm done with the draft picks at this point. You know, once you get to a team, once you get your team to a point where you're seeing the future finally come into play and become the present, there's no need to keep using first round draft picks. There's not. And Danny Ainge, as he continues to use these first-round draft picks, you're missing a window every year, every single year. There's an opportunity that you have, and you don't pull on, and you miss it, and you go ahead and draft another guy. There, there's too much youth. I'm done with the youth. The youth movement is, like, we don't need this much youth anymore. We have our guys. Pritchard, Pritchard's a guy you're going to want to keep around. Neesmith, I, I don't even know if you can – Say with a thousand, a hundred percent confidence that you want to keep Nismith here, and you wouldn't use him in a trade. You know, as as a as a um, as a package. There's certain guys that you can keep here. I think Rob Williams is another guy. I don't even know, like if if someone's asking about him, you give him up. I think it's the youth movement. It can't be a thing anymore. If Danny Ainge legitimately wants to have this team be a contender and be a threat in the league. They have to get vets in there. They have to mix the vets in. You can't have all this youth. You know, he brought in Jeff Teague, hoping to have that vet experience help this team. He Brought in Tristan Thompson, hoping to have that championship um, experience and vet experience help this team. But those aren't the right guys. Like Jeff Teague, hell no. Like, I don't even know why we still even have him. Again, like I would, I would release Jeff Teague so quick and just sign Isaiah Thomas because why the hell not? It's not like Jeff Teague is producing anything at all. Defensive, offensively, wisdom, anything. Like, just give me IT over that at this point because it's actually ridiculous. It's just Danny Ainge, if he wants this team to be legit and he wants Tatum and Brown to play up to their full potential, he has to make those hard decisions. And I honestly think he's just afraid to. I think he's just honestly scared to um, possibly lose a trade. I think he's scared to possibly see what could happen if he makes a big deal happen. I think he's just scared. I think he's just straight up scared to to do anything like that because he keeps he keeps drafting guys easily. Let me keep picking all these guys. Let me keep holding in all my assets. But Danny, why do you really need all those assets? In my opinion, I just think he's scared to. I think he's scared to make a move. So.
1: Listen, I am fully on board with uh, firing Jeff Teague to the moon. Uh, yes. Like I, I would, <laughs> I would give all of his minutes to uh, Trey waters uh, as well as uh fast um, I Listen, this is my plea to Celtics fans because you're not the first person to say this uh, and you won't be the last I deal with a lot on a daily basis Celtics fans, you need to let the it return dream die. It is not happening.
0: I know it's not going to happen at all. I'm just saying, why can't we just <laughs> why though? Like, why can't we just tell Jeff T just to get the hell out of here, pack your bags, and just have Isaiah Thomas come in? I know it's dead, I know it is, but why not give it a chance, man? <laughs> like,
1: I mean, why? it's listen at this point, you have to raise an eyebrow because. We all, listen, we all know uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, was playing on half a hip with both the Cavaliers and Lakers. He was not the same guy. Uh, he no. had it corrected. And last season, when he was with Washington, he was playing excellent. He mm-hmm. was shooting the ball well. Uh, you know, he is, everyone knows what he is. He's not someone who's, uh, he's someone you have to hide defensively, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when he's out on the floor. Is he a start? Is he a starting point guard the way he was at his time with Boston? No, but he would definitely be able to help off, off the bench. The fact that no team since he, uh, since he was traded to the Clippers and then subsequently released uh, to, you know, make the, make the money work, uh, you know, last February, it's been about a year. It's been about a year since that, uh, that trade last year. And, he has not been picked up by anybody. Uh, You know, he hasn't even been given, I think a workout by anybody. Uh, I think, you know, he's talked with a couple teams, but the fact that he is not on an NBA roster, you have to raise an eyebrow at that. Like there's something, something is off. If no one, it's not just the Celtics uh, letting him sit at home. No one is bringing him in. So I just, I think that, the nostalgia will always ha- uh, have a, a soft spot in our hearts for Isaiah Thomas. He's the little guy. The uh, he some great moments here, but it's just, it's not going to happen. And uh, you know, people just gotta, they gotta move on.
0: You know what, man, I'm not going to move on. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know that dream is dead. I mean, Isaiah Thomas said it himself. I mean, I think it was him responding to someone in a tweet. It's just, it's not going to happen anymore. I think that time is way past us. I'm just saying in general, there's so many things better that we could put on the floor than Jeff Teague. A, a used garbage can, anything could could be better than Jeff Teague. And that's what I'm saying. Isaiah Thomas on half a hit, like put him out there. Who who the hell cares? Because he's going to do something better than Jeff Teague. Um, yeah. But at this point, It is true. It is true. Um, it is time for Boston fans to move on, uh, from the Isaiah Thomas days, because it, it, it just really is. It's, um, he's not going to produce the same way he was when he was here because that was just, Oh my God, he caught lightning in a bottle. And that was one of the most special, you know, eras that Boston sports will go through just Isaiah Thomas himself, like that one person, those few years, um, even though it was only those few years, I mean, Boston sports, he, he, he sparked, he sparked Boston basketball again, Boston Celtics basketball. He brought life back to, back to the franchise. So uh, everything Jeff, um, Isaiah Thomas did not Jeff T everything Isaiah Thomas did for this team. Um, fans are never going to forget, but it is time to move on and hope that Danny Ainge can do something else. Um, but Mark, we are coming towards the end of the show here. We have been talking for just under an hour, I think. So I am going to start closing it out. But that was some great conversation at the end there about the Celtics. But I just want to say thank you so much for stepping into my world and, you know, taking time out of your day to do this with me. I appreciate it so much. Um, I was really psyched when I asked you to come on and you said that you could do it at such a late notice. So uh, thank you so much, because I appreciate it a lot. We had such a great conversation.
1: Yeah, it was great to uh, spend some extra time here talking to you. And, uh, you know, again, we're very excited about uh, the future of you uh, with FTF Media. And uh, again, you know, if you have more ideas for, uh, for things that you want to see uh, with, with the company uh, and if your listeners have ideas for things that they want to see uh, moving forward. You know, we, we want to we put out stuff that people like. So, uh, you know, definitely share those
0: ideas with us. And to my listeners, I am going to uh, say that again. If you have any ideas, anything you want to see on the show, any improvements, let me know. You can tweet directly at me, DM me, anything. You want to see something, tell me, and I will be sure to get that done. Um, I, I, I am going to be making some changes already. I have been getting some recommendations on how to make my show better. So I will be taking those and making those changes. So, but Mark, before we leave, could you do me a favor and plug where everyone can find you?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, as I mentioned, Twitter is pretty much, uh, my only presence on social media. I mean, I do have an Instagram account and Facebook and stuff, but I'm very, I'm not very active on those. Uh, So Twitter is where I can be found. I can be found at Mark Pacelli13. thirteen. That is P I S, E L L I. You can listen to me on the Snipe and Selly podcast, uh, which is FTF Media's uh, Hockey Pod, as well as on NerdPod, uh, As I reference a couple of times, uh, Christian does a fantastic, do- uh, fantastic job hosting that show. We have a ton of fun talking One Division and you know uh, any forms of kind of nerdy entertainment on there. And uh, you can also find me on the Fierce and Flawed podcast with Haley, Carly, Candy, and Christian. Uh, So I'm on a few pods over here. Uh, We also just recently rebranded our old House of Hoops podcast into Views from the Rafters uh, with Abe and Islam. Uh, So I'm going to be there really just to moderate and steer the discussion because if you let those two – you know, off, uh, off the leash, uh, they'll just go off on a tangent. So I'm there just <laughs> keep them on topic, but it's their show. Uh, so uh, definitely if you want some great basketball talk, uh, in addition to what we just talked about, definitely listen to views from the rafters as well. So a lot of great stuff at FTF media. And again, please check out for the it's spelled out for the uh, for some fantastic articles. I would love to get Sheehan to make his debut on the website at some point. Uh, yes. So uh, people tweet at him. Make sure that he uh, he writes something for us.
0: <laughs> I will try to get on that as soon as I can. Once I get my creative sparks flowing again, I will do that. But thank you for plugging your stuff, everyone. You can find me at four o one Sheen on Twitter. You can find the Twitter for this podcast at Sheen World Pod on Twitter. Sheen's World Pod on Instagram. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to 009 who makes my intro beat per usual. It is fire. So thank you so much for doing that. Shout out my friend, Chris Sapp. He's dropping a new single tonight. So make sure you check him out. C-R-I-S-S-A-P, Chris Sapp. And make sure you check out LVDV clothing brand. They are a brand new clothing brand. That is also my friend, them and Chris Sapp are collabed, uh, dropping a great line of merch. So you make sure you check them out. But everyone, thank you so much for taking, out, taking time out of your day to step into my world. I hope to have you step in next time. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.